welcome back to the OG of the HRC way news. They ain't telling you. Okay, let's get into the quick news because we got a lot of it going on. Okay, you have to be living under a rock to not know about this story, but if you haven't, now you have. Governor Cuomo is in very, very hot water over nursing homes, COVID deaths, lies, cover-ups, the whole shebang. Um, He's done two press conferences in the last 48 hours that are cringeworthy, to say the least. His own state assembly, his own state legislators, Democrats, Republicans, his own attorney general have officially turned on him. So I say it's only a matter of time until Governor Cuomo is no more. Um, It is breaks down to this and this alone. He sent older people into nursing homes and lied about the numbers of how many people have died in nursing homes and he's lied and he lied and he lied so he has dug this hole for himself and I don't see a way out of it um they just recently did a poll his poll numbers really haven't changed but I don't believe in polls and I find that very very hard to believe because all I keep thinking is if that was my grandma and my grandma was told she'd be safe in a nursing home And the governor of my state knew that she wouldn't be safe and then lied about how many deaths there were and my grandmother died in a nursing home, I would have a problem with it. So he is in over his head, the golden boy who decided to write a book in the middle of a pandemic before the pandemic was even over. His reign is coming to an end, folks. And I'm sorry if you're a fan, but facts don't lie. Um, Senator Burr has been censored for impeachment Uh, Of course, he is the senator from North Carolina, and this is the new trend, and I'm going to get into it a little bit later about this new trend of censorship for impeachment. Um, Former Senator Perdue of Georgia has filed to run against Senator Warnock in 2022. Warnock has a quick turnaround. That will be a tight race, everyone. Um, don't count Senator Perdue out. Um, Senator Loeffler has not decided whether or not she is going to also enter the race. So that'll be interesting. Georgia will be on all of our minds once again. Texas is in the middle of an extreme winter storm. A good portion of Texas is has no power. Um, the governor is telling people to stay home, to, uh, you know, it's unsafe out there and all of that. I have family in Texas and they actually had to leave their apartment building and go to their friend's house who had power and uh, because it's pretty bad and it's it's colder in Texas right now than it is in Alaska. So do with that what you want. Um, Madam Speaker Pelosi has announced that she's doing a 9-11 style independent investigation into January 6th. So hopefully a lot of questions will be asked or answered, excuse me, um, and conspiracy theories, no matter what, are going to be there. So we shall see. Parlor, good old Parlor. It is officially back online as of last night. They are back. I don't know who's sponsoring their server. Amazon backed out of their server, of course, two months ago, I think now, a month ago. And they found someone to get back online. Um, Just everyone knows Parler is supposed to be like free speech and letting you be who you want to be. But you have to send in your driver's license, a picture of your driver's license to be on Parler. I don't know any other social media site that does that. But okay. 
Uh, President Biden has reopened Obamacare enrollment time, which is great because under the Trump administration, he limited the Obamacare enrollments, eliminating people from getting health insurance. So President Biden has reopened it. And he is also asking the Supreme Court to reopen the Obamacare case to settle it once and for all that it is law of the land. So we shall see. Um, In foreign policy news, one American was killed and five Americans were injured in an airstrike near a U.S. base in Iraq. They are under the impression that it was Iran who sent the attack to Iraq. So things tensions are building between Iran and America once more. Um, I was just saying this morning that my biggest hope and my biggest dream for everyone is that we can have an administration that actually tells us the truth on foreign policy Um, Because it seems that administration after administration, we only ever get told a little portion of what's going on. And I would really like to know, obviously, there are a lot of things that they can't tell us because of security reasons. But as Americans, I think we have a right to know what's going on around the world um, and who's our enemy and who's not. So just going to say that because I guarantee you a lot of you people didn't know about the attack uh, in Iraq. So 57 state and local GOP officials were at and took part in January 6th, 57 state and local officials, GOP officials. So what that tells me, everyone, is pay attention to who represents you locally and on the state level because that's kind of important. Um, This is interesting, not interesting at all. Amy Cooper, the white woman who lied to the NYPD about Christian Cooper, a bird watcher, that he had threatened her. Um, Her entire case has been dropped. Because she finished racial bias classes. She's the infamous white woman who called and was like, oh, this guy's attacking me. And, you know, and he was like, I'm just here to watch birds. I have no idea what you're talking about. So she took racial bias classes and she's learned her lesson, they say. And the case has been dropped. So, okay. Um, This is a cute little tidbit for anyone out there who is a Disney fan. We are getting another Cruella DeVille movie. It is officially the trailer will drop um, today, Wednesday, and it stars Emma Stone, and it's a prequel to the Glenn Close Cruella DeVille. So we've been waiting for a live action on that. Not long at all because I really can care less about this, but I know a lot of people are excited. So I don't know. Glenn Close to me is the ultimate Cruella DeVille. Good luck, Emma Stone. Um, The NAACP is suing Trump and Giuliani over the election and January 6th. And it does include an actual congressman, Democrat. He's part of the group suing. And they're using a post-Civil War law to sue him. I don't know where that's going to go. I don't know what that's going to expose. But that is happening. Um, Serena Williams will face Naomi in semifinals at the Australian Open. Uh, Serena the other night beat the number two ranked woman in the world. She is ranked number 10 right now. Everyone was counting her out and she beat her in two rounds, 6-3-6-3. And uh, this will be her 40th Grand Slam semifinal. And she currently has 23 Grand Slams. She's tied the record. She wants to get 24 to break the record. And that is why she officially is the greatest athlete of all time. Sorry, guys. Greatest athlete. Not female athlete. Greatest athlete. So make sure and check out Serena uh, today, Wednesday. She's going to go against Naomi. And that is going to be the match of a lifetime. So, all right, let's get in a little bit deeper, guys. 
Okay, so I mentioned a little bit earlier about Senator Burr getting censored on a long list of other senators and representatives who've been censored via impeachment. Now, what's really, really interesting to me about all of this is there's a whole thing of cancel culture that the right loves to talk about, about liberals who want to cancel everything and that if you don't agree with them exactly, then we just cancel you and, and all that. So I just think that's funny because I think to myself, what is censure then? You're literally saying that if you don't go with the flow and you decide to vote for impeachment, that you're not doing exactly what they want you to do, so they're going to censure you. They can call it censure, but it's also could be called cancel, which is something that Fox News goes on and on about all the time, this cancel culture. So Wyoming, North Carolina, Louisiana, Arizona possibly Utah, and possibly Maine, have all censured their senator or their, their representative simply because they didn't do exactly what they wanted them to do. Again, that's also called canceled. Matt Gates went to Wyoming to try to find someone to primary Liz Cheney because, oh yeah, he wanted to cancel her because she voted to impeach the President of the United States. So... I think they're a little interlocked here, guys. And what I find to be so interesting is that these Republicans say how how cancel culture takes away their voice while, wait, doesn't censuring? They literally censured John McCain's widow because she came out and supported Joe Biden over Donald Trump. They censured her, meaning they wanted her to be quiet, stop her from saying her truth. So I think both sides kind of has this issue of cancel culture, censoring. And I and I want to I want to be clear, I am not a fan of cancel culture. I am not a fan of everyone getting canceled because we all don't think the same. I think that there's certain words in our English language that if you are caught saying those words, which I'm not going to say on here, then yeah, you're canceled. There's certain actions if you do certain things, if you are a pedophile, if you are a ma you know like a Harvey Weinstein type of guy, if you're 100%, you deserve to be canceled. But do I believe that every person who says their opinion and if their opinion differs than what the general public is saying, they should be canceled? No, as long as they're not harming someone else or saying these words or doing these really vile actions. But I just look at this as like, Every time you turn on Fox News, and I do turn on Fox News just so I can see what's going on over there, or OAN, or um, what's the other one, Newsmax now. They have three of their own networks now. Or you go on to Drudge Report, or um, excuse me, uh, Breitbart, or any of those. It's all about cancel culture and how the left is, is being caught up in cancel culture. And I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> you're canceling your own members of your own party because they didn't do what you wanted them to do, which is follow Trump to the edge of the earth. And I, I think to me, there's apparently a House member, a Republican, whose family wrote him a letter saying that he is no longer welcome in their family because he voted to impeach. What? But if the left does that, then Fox News' Sean Hannity rolls it up into a story and makes it like, oh my God, cancel culture. The king of all of it is Tucker Carlson. Oh my God, that guy is obsessed with cancel culture. But yet at the same time, they want to cancel us as much as they say we want to cancel them. And proof of that is by censuring people who don't think the same as you. 
I mean, to to censure Cindy McCain, who's not even a politician, I, I just, I, I think at the end of the day to me, how about we let the constituents decide, right? Like Alaska Senator Lisa Mikrowski, she is in the fight of her life to keep that Senate seat. She came out after the impeachment. She said, I'm well aware that I may lose my seat over this, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. And if that's what the, my constituents need to do, then that's what they need to do. I thought that was a really like boss response, in my opinion. No one talks like that in politics anymore. And she owned it. And here she, like, let the voters decide for themselves. Why do you need to censure them? Liz Cheney's district, Trump won by 43 points. I'm pretty sure she's going to lose her job. So let the voters decide instead of canceling them and being guilty of doing the one thing that you say the left is so horrible for doing. Again, I agree. We've gotten way too far with cancel culture. I agree. I am not for, oh, a certain actress came out right before the election and said that there should be a list of all the people who supported Donald Trump, celebrities who supported Donald Trump to make sure they don't work again. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is sounding an awful lot like McCarthyism, okay? So to me, that is not what cancel, that is not what canceling someone should be about. To me, you should be canceled if you fit into these little boxes, period, point blank. If you use certain words, if you are a, ra a true racist, if you're a pedophile, if you're an abuser, cancel those people. Because we can't sit here and pretend that we don't overlook a lot of people that we should. Okay, and don't, we allow them because, you know, that's where things get tricky. We allowed Harvey Weinstein to run free for a long time, and you can't tell me that no one in Hollywood knew that he was a masher. Okay, sorry. He hung out with all the highest, you know, people in, in, in um, Hollywood. He kn people knew. And they covered for him because they were making a lot of money with him. You know, Johnny Depp is, mm, he's, he, he's a handful. And no one canceled Johnny Depp. Right? So, I mean... We pick and choose who we're going to cancel. That is for sure, and that is a problem. But both sides are guilty of doing this. And for Republicans to think that, oh, no, they're not part of it, you're proof in your censure. Liberals are just words and like, oh, we're going to cancel you off Twitter. They literally cancel people and then point the finger that the left is the one doing all the problems. No, I think we got a problem on both sides. So something for you guys to think about. This is where's the line. And what I mean by this is um, Mina Harris, who is Vice President Harris's niece, only niece. Um, she used to be a lawyer and now she runs a business, has something to do with like phenomenal woman. She sells shirts and I don't fully know what else she does, but I know the shirts. She sells like products. Okay. And she was popular beforehand. She has about 800,000 followers on Instagram um and twitter about the same i believe so she apparently has been um given a talking to one could say by the white house about using her aunt's name to benefit her business apparently the white house is saying like check yourself you can't sell certain things she has a sweatshirt i guess it says i'm speaking from the infamous debate against mike pence she was selling a sweatshirt, I believe, that said um, Vice President Auntie, and they said you can't sell that, um, you can't use your aunt's name. 
So this begs the question of where is the line, though? Because I know everyone knows that the Trump kids, the Trump family made millions and millions and millions. I think Ivanka and Jared made like $124 million while being senior advisors to the president of the United States. But here's the thing that most people I don't think understand is that there is no law that says how much money the president, the vice president, the president's family, there's no actual law saying that they can't do certain things. So a great example of this is that um, President Obama, when he walked into the White House, they were worth about $1.3 million. And they walked out with about $30 million. And now they're worth about $70 million. Obviously, a good portion of that is books and the Netflix deal that they got and all of that. You know, um, like I said, Ivanka and Jared made like $124 million. We don't know how much money... Trump made himself because we don't know his taxes. He never released his taxes. But he made a lot, a lot of money off of being president of the United States. But there is no law. And people get upset about this all the time. And they say with the Trumps, like, oh, this is horrible or oh, this. But you have to ask yourself, why didn't Congress ever go after this family in that way? And they didn't because there's no law. There is, it's an ethical issue. And it's an issue of like, oh, well, you're the niece of, so you shouldn't benefit off of this. Or you're the brother of, so you shouldn't benefit off of this. And I agree with that. But there's no actual law. And, you know, the last president to walk out of the White House with equal amounts of money that they had when they walked in was the Clintons. They made no money off of being in the White House. And they walked out and they had to sort of like sell books and do their things. They weren't poor. I know everyone's going to go back to the infamous Hillary interview where she was like, well, we were poor when we left the White House. They weren't poor, but they weren't as well off as the Obamas were or as, you know, the Trumps are or as the Bushes. The Bushes made millions off of the White House, too. But there is no law. You know, Trump was able to have a hotel a block up from his from the White House and there's no law to stop him. And, you know, Mina Harris, she can go and sell off of her auntie's name. There is no law that's stopping her. It's just an ethical issue, which is why the White House went and had a conversation with her, apparently, about this. Um, because it's just an ethical issue. But, you know, Jimmy Carter, when he became president, he had to sell his family farm, Peanut Farm, because it was an ethical issue, not because it was a legal issue. And they pushed and they pushed and they got his way and the, and the poor guy had to sell his, his farm, you know. But as every year has progressed, it's become more and more of a gray area of overlooking this ethical issue that there's no law for. So it's up to Congress to say, okay, we didn't like the way that the Trump family took full advantage of something that we should have taken care of years ago. So it's on us to legislate this and pass laws. Now, do I think they'll do that? I don't know, because it may affect their own benefits that they receive. But, you know, the reason that the MENA story is is gaining any sort of is because the left was so extreme with the Trumps and how much the Trump kids were making. So that kind of comes with the territory. But I think the bigger issue here issue here is why hasn't Congress done more to eliminate the amount of money that the president and the president's family or the vice president and the vice president's family is able to get. I think that it's completely wrong that Trump was able to have a hotel that he can allow all the state members, all the ambassadors, everyone stayed there. 
And he made so much money and way more money at the hotel, you know, post or during presidency than pre-presidency, of course. So that's the issue that people need to understand. We can be bothered by it and we can, but there's no law. So as long as there's no law, they can, they can just do it. So I think, really think about why isn't there laws to stop this? Why have we allowed this to go on for so long? Who's really benefiting from it? Because it's not the American people who are benefiting from it. It's those who are serving that are benefiting from it. You know, and there are laws in terms of like how much money you can accept from someone and all that, but there's a way around it. So I think that the laws need to be stricter, but maybe it's just me. I don't know. Okay, so I saw this poll, which again, I don't believe in polls, but here we go, where 62% of voters believe there should be a legit third party. Okay, (laughs) here's just my question, though. How would that actually solve anything, everyone? Like, let's say there is a third party. Like, okay, you want to be a third party, but how would that actually solve anything? Because the laws and the rules that apply to the Democrat and the Republican Party would apply to the third party. So they would be able to run amok the same way that Republicans and Democrats run amok. I don't really think that that is the answer. I think that that's like the quick answer for some of you guys of like, oh, this will solve everything. No, it won't. You're still going to have the same problems because you haven't dealt with the actual problems, the underlining problems in our system. You know, I say fix the system and demand better. It's really that simple. We as voters have all the power. And I've said this to you guys so many times. We have all the power. We give them their jobs by voting for them into office. And if we don't like what they're doing, we need to hold them accountable. We don't need to run away and say, we're going to start our own party. No, hold them accountable for what they're doing or what they're not doing. It's really that simple. I feel like everyone's always looking for an easy way out when it comes to government and politics. Everyone wants to sit around and complain about the system and how the system's so horrible and how the system. And then I ask people, well, did you vote? And they say, no, I mean, I voted in the presidential election, but I don't vote in the rest. Okay, then you don't really have a right to complain about anything. If you don't know who your city council members are, if you don't know who your state legislator is, if you don't know who your governor is, your senator is, your house of representative is, You don't have any room to complain about the system that you don't even educate yourself on. So I say you do the hard work and you hold D.C. accountable and you get involved, not just online, not just tweeting things, but actually physically getting involved in the system. Know who represents you and realize that you can't always get what you want. And having a magical third party doesn't mean that magically you're going to get everything that you want. Democrats can have full control and still not get everything that they want. Because that's not how our system works. But if you want to go and start a third party because you think that that's the answer, I say good luck. Many have tried. We have a broken Republican Party, we have a frayed Democratic Party, and I think the only way our country thrives is when we have two parties that are focused and are held accountable. But as each year has passed, we've held them less and less accountable. So go ahead, you 62% who think that we have this fantastic third party idea go right ahead raise your money do your thing take AOC with you take Bernie Sanders with you take them all but have fun so that that I just said if you don't know and you don't educate yourself 
you don't get to complain about the system when you don't understand the system. And there's plenty of outlets to find out about the system, by the way, everyone. Us being one of them. That's my entire goal is to inform everyone about what's going on in Washington, D.C. So good luck with that. Okay, so we are going to play a new little game here. I thought of this morning as I was watching Serena, or last yesterday when I was watching Serena Williams. <laughs> um, it's this or that. It's very simple. Sam, my handy dandy assistant here, is going to tell me either this politician or this politician. And I have to decide, you know, uh, am I going to, you know, we'll say, I don't want to say kill because that's not a good thing to say. But <laughs> so, all right, Sam, two politicians I have to choose between. Who I'd vote for, basically, right? That's the whole... <laughs> AOC and Bernie Sanders. Oh, my effing God. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what? I would... I, I, would, I would vote for AOC because I, I couldn't, under any circumstances, ever vote for Bernie Sanders. But uh, but only reason I vote for AOC is because she can be controlled better. Pelosi's done a really, really good job of like keeping her zoned in and not knowing it that she's zoned in. So yeah, I can, I could vote for AOC, but you know, plus that girl has no chance of ever being anything besides, you know, Congresswoman. So that's whatever, but never could I ever vote for Bernie Sanders ever in a million years. Sarah Palin and Ted Cruz. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) That's like, oh my gosh. Okay, uh, I I can't even imagine ever pushing Ted Cruz's name in a in a ballot box ever 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 ever. But Sarah Palin is like, you know, are we talking about like senator seats? Is that what we're talking about right? Let's just say senator seats because I I mean anything sure. else anything <laughs> else than that is like scary beyond belief. But uh, I would probably vote for Sarah Palin over Ted Cruz. Only because Ted Cruz is, like, really smart and really manipulative. And he knows how to, you know, I mean, the guy's been able to keep a job for all these years, even though no one likes him. So, you know, and Sarah Palin's just stupid. But, I mean, she's, like, a downgraded version of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like, she doesn't, like, she, like, has all these crazy thoughts, but she's not intelligent enough to, like, do anything with it. Where, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene is scary because she could do something with it. So, like, Sarah Palin's just like, I can see Russia from my house kind of stupid. So I guess I could I could handle that over Ted Cruz's, you know. You know, I saw a quote from Ted Cruz the other day where it was literally from 2016, and he was talking about how he can never support Donald Trump because if he said, if I were to support someone who's spoken that way about my, my wife and my father, I would be a scoundrel or I would be something. And I'm like, that's literally what you do every day of your life now, by the way, Ted. Like, so I couldn't. Plus, he looks like the Zodiac Killer. And, um, you know, he has a weird, weird relationship with his daughters and just like weird. So, no, I, I guess it would have to be Sarah Palin. Yeah, that's a tough one. Okay, last one. Oh, no, I'm doing two more. Two more. Feinstein versus Pelosi. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That's a good one, Sam. Oh man. Okay, I this is my only reasoning with this. I would vote for Pelosi only because Pelosi is 80 and Feinstein is 87. 
So like Feinstein's wrapping it up here. And I think Pelosi is too, but still like 80 and 87 is, you know, so that's the only reason other than that, I wouldn't be able to, I couldn't even, I couldn't even, you know what I mean? Like wrap my head around that. I just, I think they're both magnificent women and they've done a lot for this country. So, and my state. So, um, yeah, but the only reason is because she's 80. So I'll, you know, so last one, two more. Well, if I don't say Klobuchar, she's going to make me eat my salad with a comb. No, uh, just kidding. They're both fabulous women. That's, oh gosh, okay. They're both very successful, but Klobuchar is really, really good bipartisan-wise, and I think that's really important, and I think that she's going to be the majority leader at some point, hopefully sooner than later. Um, and I think that is really important and people kind of like know who she is or Stabenow people don't really know who she is that much but I love Stabenow and I think Stabenow is a, a steady senator that is just so fabulous but I would vote for Klobuchar over Stabenow just like barely these are hard this is like barely. <laughs> the other ones I'm like oh I don't want to but no that's that's a good one I just think only because Klobuchar is just really good with bipartisan bills she's the most successful on the hill with that so I think that that's really important and, um, you know, she tells it like it is. And I really like that about her. So, yes. Yeah, I think Klobuchar. But I love you, Stabenow. I really do. <laughs> there was a cute, um, did I tell you, when they were having their snow in D.C. And Stabenow was getting in her car. And she has snow all in her window. And she's like, you know, whatever. The, I'm, I don't live in a place with snow, so I don't know. But, you know, just like getting the snow <laughs> off or whatever with like the little like thing. And she like, someone got the picture of her. And they're like, is that Senator Stabenow with the what is that called? Like the scraper, yeah, the scraper. Yeah. And she was like, wait till you see me with a snowblower. <laughs> Cause you know, they're from Michigan. So it's yeah. like normal. But I was like, Oh my God, of course she's doing her own, you know, it's so cute. I thought it was so cute. That was fun. Okay. <laughs> Daily descent with the OG of the HRC. Okay. So, um, this one's going to be a doozy as I feel like I say that every single time, but I just, I'm a passionate person, I suppose. Um, Okay. So I see what's going on right now on the right, and I was, the first couple of days, I was like, okay, no, there's no way that they're going to try this again. There's no way that this is happening, but it's happening, and I was watching a clip from Sean Hannity because, yes, again, I believe it's important to watch all different angles so I can have as much information as possible to present to you guys, and also so I know what's going on on the other side. I think that's important. And Sean Hannity is literally the guy who created the Benghazi scandal. He picked up the story and he ran with it. I think it was like every single day for like 120 plus days. He talked about Benghazi with Hillary Clinton, Benghazi with Hillary Clinton, but not Benghazi with Barack Obama, who was president. No, Benghazi with Hillary Clinton, because they all knew she was going to run for president and they wanted something to tarnish her. And... It worked in certain angles, and then she came and she represented herself for 11 straight hours, answered every single question during the campaign, and it didn't hurt her at all. Um, people had already moved on at that point and realized they didn't either understand what had happened or they had just moved on from it. Well, it's happening again, but this time with Nancy Pelosi and January 6th. Hannity did a entire segment last night about the other night about um, basically trying to Benghazi Pelosi 
and trying to say the same type of language that he used with Hillary Clinton, um, the same type of angle of what did she know? Why didn't she call this person? Why didn't she call that person? How many days advance was she, you know, involved in the conversations about what could potentially happen on January 6th? Why didn't she do anything? Why didn't she do more on January 6th? The same language, words, vocabulary that he used against Hillary Clinton. And the reason that I think that he's taking her to bat for it is it's a pretty easy target in that the Democratic Party does not defend Nancy Pelosi hardly ever, nor do they defend Hillary Clinton hardly ever. So it's an easy target. And the fact that when you say the words Hillary Clinton or Nancy Pelosi in a home that is a Republican home, it's like you've set a bomb off in their home and they want nothing to do with it. They're running away from those words. You know, I have family members who are Republicans and they despise Nancy Pelosi. I mean, like despise. So she is like a virus in a household. So it's really easy for him to go after her. It's really easy for him to say, well, why didn't she do this or why didn't she do that? But what I think is disgusting is that this story has been going on for a few days now. And I have yet to hear from a single Democrat to say, what the heck are you talking about? Because if we're not careful, Democrats, this will turn into a Benghazi 2.0 against Nancy Pelosi. And she's wrapping up her career. I'm almost certain of that. This is her last two years. I don't believe she will try to take the speakership again. I think that she's done. She's going to retire and, and great for her. But are we going to allow this to happen to her in her last years when you've got to consider all that this woman has done just in the last four years alone of keeping us afloat when the other side was trying to drown us. The last time I checked, we won the House in 2018 and we kept the House in 2020. Last time I checked, she called then-President Trump out on every single thing that he had done. She had called his bluff when he shut down the government. She had called his bluff on his wall. She had called his bluff and it worked. Every single time it worked. Last time I checked, she was the, the one that took the entire narrative of his BS um, State of the Union and took the narrative away from his lies at the State of the Union to the infamous, let me rip up paper. She did that on purpose because she knew the second she did that, everyone would be talking about that and not about his lies. And it worked. There's t-shirts with that. There's memes. There's It worked. It worked so much that the president stopped talking to her because of it, which she probably is better off for it. But we cannot allow Benghazi 2.0 to happen. We have to learn from the mistakes of what we allowed to happen to Hillary Clinton cannot happen to Nancy Pelosi. We're too smart to be this stupid at this point. And it's happening right in front of our eyes. Her own daughter tweeted and said, Christine Pelosi tweeted and said, we cannot allow this happen to Nancy Pelosi. Why isn't anyone asking, what was Mitch McConnell doing that day? What was Chuck Schumer doing that day? What was Kevin McCarthy doing that day? Only Nancy Pelosi's in charge of everything? No, no, Pelosi's not in charge of the Capitol Police. Pelosi is not in charge of the Sergeant Arms. Pelosi is not in charge of the National Guard. And when she called for the National Guard, they declined her and the vice pres then Vice President of the United States had to get involved and got it approved. So we cannot allow the, the misinformation to come around because at the end of the day, 
This is the woman whose name they were calling in the halls on January 6th. This is the woman whose office they ransacked. This is the woman whose laptop was ruined. This is the woman whose staff had to hide under a table for two and a half hours and not make a sound because of who they worked for. And they were terrified for their lives. So Sean Hannity and of the right, if you want to know what happened January 6th, that's what happened on January 6th. As long as I am here, I will not allow Benghazi 2.0 to happen to Nancy Pelosi. I've lived through it before, and I see it. I see it a mile away. And I know that I can't be the only Democrat who sees this coming. So my real question is, is the rest of you, are you brave enough to stand up for this woman who has been standing up for us for the last four and a half years? All right, guys, until next time, make sure you check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And of course, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, or watch us on YouTube. Until next time, OG of the HRC, signing out.